I say this every day. I say I, I, every day I come on here. I say I don't know where to start. You know what I mean? I, you know, you know. I always like to have these these sort of intros. I I don't like to have a sort of conventional intro or, or something very uh, uh, standard, generic, or pretentious like that. I, I like to, I like to get into a take right away and talk about it. Today it's today it's clear what I'm gonna talk about. Maria Sakari is the worst player in the world. And I hope people are starting to notice. For me, this is not news. Look for me. Results like this for Maria Sakkari. Today, Maria Sakkari lost in straight sets to Tatiana Maria, the oldest mother of two on the WTA Tour. 34 years old, she lost her in straight 6-3-7-5. And Sakkari led in the second set 5-1, I believe. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. 5-2, sorry. Maria Sakkari was up 5-2 in the second. Uh, looking very, looking like a huge favorite to take it to a decider. Right? Uh, lost from 5-2 up in the second set, 5-7. Look, this is not news to me. I am not surprised. Like here, I'm talking about it as if I am. I need... I... <sighs> I'm saying this because people need to start talking about this as well. I can't I can't be the only one talking about this. And, and surely now, at this point, I'm not the only one that's seeing this. I have no reason to hate on Maria Sakri. Why would I hate her? I mean, it's nothing personal. She's just a bad tennis player. Like, she sucks. And and look, it's nothing personal. You're just a bad tennis player. And for someone like me, who's a, a very devout tennis fan, I, I get annoyed when there are players like this rep are like representing the tour. They're, you know... I guess it can be said that she's one of the faces of the tour, although she totally shouldn't be. And if she's a face of the tour, it's for all the wrong reasons, right? And it annoys me that this girl is uh, making a living uh, sh like she made a career out of this. Do you not think she's a scammer? I think she's a scammer. This is fraud. People get arrested every day for shit like this. Why Why is no one in, uh, Why is no one talking about this? And I'm being serious, Maria Sakkari. I mean, she's world number five. How on earth did this happen? How did others allow this to happen? But look, I'm not going to spend much more time on it. Uh, honestly, I, I, I decided to start with this today. Because, um, I, I mean, it is, it's not the most significant. Because for me, this is not news. And it's whatever. Maria Sakkari lost to Tatiana Maria. Whatever. Another thing I could have started with, or, or what I would have liked to talk about. Angie Kerber is out, Maria Sakkari is out. Ons Jabor stays winning with ease. Ostapenko looked really good after losing the first set. Kaya Yuvan, Kaya Yuvan is out, and with Sakkari out too, this changes everything. In that, in that bottom quarter of the draw, this changes everything. If Ostapenko can beat Tatiana Maria, Ostapenko's gonna play in the semi-final, and, and good luck with that. To get right into it, I'll start starting from the top, uh, Bigu, Ostapenko. Ostapenko, honestly, in the first set, wasn't playing bad, just wasn't playing her best, like her, like her, wow, look at Ostapenko go type tennis in the first set, but she wasn't playing bad either. Bigu was playing quite, quite well, aggressive uh, in her return games, and served really well. Bigu took the first set 6-3. Bigo broke 
Ostapenko uh, to win the first set, so she was serving first in the first set, held for one love. Bigu was up 6-3, one love, on serve in the second. And then Ostapenko won nine games in a row. Uh, reverse bagel from from one love down in the second set. Ostapenko went on to win 6-1, uh, and then three love in the second set. And then eventually, uh, after being down 3-6, Rest of the way, Ostapenko went 6-1, 6-1, and turned it the fuck on. Bigu did help a little bit. Her serve, uh, her, her ball toss specifically kind of abandoned her. But Ostapenko was just too good, uh, capitalized, and, and gave Bigu uh, no chance and no breathing room. Coming into today, the, the, you know, the beginning of uh, the third round at Wimbledon, uh, like I said... Uh, uh, in the previous episode, uh, Big Julie Nemo was the only player in the women's side uh, to make the third round and to not be broken once. Big Julie Nemo today played in a match with Lysia Tsurenko. 28 service games, only 7 holds of serves. That's 25%. So 1 in every 4 service games was a hold. That means that throughout the match, 75% of the time, the player returning won the service game. Servers only won 25% of their service game in this match. In the third set, the decider, there was one hold of serve, and that's what did it for Julie Nemo. Julie Nemo is through to the fourth round, but not due to her uh, her being unbreakable like she was in the first two rounds. What a switch of the narrative, but uh, she, I guess, found a way to win again. Lesia Tsurenko led both sets by a double break, three love, serving for four love, both sets. So from 3-love up, serving for 4-love in the first set, went on to lose that set 4-6. Um, same position in the second set, was up 3-love, serving for 4-love. God broke, uh, gave back both those breaks for 3-3, three, three, but then broke, and then held, and then broke for 6-3. So won 3 games in a row again, oh, with 2 breaks, served to start the third set, Sorenko. God broke, and then broke herself, and then God broke, and then broke herself, and then God broke... And then got held, and then got broke, and then broke, and then got broke, and that was a match. Let's hit Sorenko. Uh, one hold in the nine games played in the decider, that's really bad. Uh, Big Julie Nemo is through to the fourth round. In, as we discussed also on, on the previous episode, in the very open section of the bottom quarter in the draw. Also, in that same section, and gonna play uh, Big Nemo in the fourth round, Heather Watson beat Kai Yuvan in straights. Uh, this is a really big surprise, a head-scratcher. I can't, honestly, I can't believe it. I, I, I can't fathom how Heather Watson not only won the match, but the way she did it. I mean, she played really good. The crowd helped. The occasion sort of helped. But I feel like Heather Watson was second best for the majority of the match, yet she won 7-6-6-2. That's harsh. That's harsh. Of course, Kaya Yuvan, uh, led by a break in the first set, gave it right back. Okay. Found herself in a tiebreak after leading by a break. That's never fun. That's never fun, but for us, for some reason, it happens all the time. And of course, we can't win tiebreaks. Today, we lost three tiebreaks. We didn't win any. We lost three tiebreaks today. I mean, that's look, that's standard. We talk about variance, 
you expect this shit uh, to go your way 50% uh, of the time, uh, it goes against you 50% of the time, that's variance. Law of averages or whatever the fuck. After every very cl uh, closely contested first set that goes to the tiebreak, uh, the loser uh, of that tiebreak and, and ultimately that set goes on to lose the second set uh, most of the time 6-2 or worse. And that was exactly what happened. Uh, Kai Yuvan, like I was saying, was the better player for the majority of the match. Uh, for uh, I'm willing to say for the entirety of the first set. Kai Yuvan, but then, uh, you know, because she lost that, she punished herself and said, Oh, bet, I lost that set? Oh, okay, watch this, 6-2 or worse. Every time. Ons Jabor stays winning. A lot of people uh, are liking her uh, to win this tournament. Uh, Ons Jabor has not been tested. Ons Jabor has played Miriam Bjorklund, uh, Kawa, and Diane Parry. Now look, Diane Parry shows promise. Uh, she, two impressive wins. Hasn't dropped a set before uh, bef before today. Uh, playing against Ons. Beat Kaya Kanepi in straights, which is no easy feat. But at the end of the day, it's Diane Parry with, with a backhand that, can, that you can just pound. So like... Uh, yet to be tested, okay, in any sort of uh, capacity, occasion, pressure, uh, even a shitty opponent or a no-name opponent that plays well and steps up, no, nothing like that, nothing like that so far. But, she's doing what needs to be done, uh, and she's doing it very straightforwardly, and she isn't spending a lot of time on court, which is which is all uh, good things, and, and, and promising uh, for Uns Jabor to to make a good run, for sure. Maria Sakri, Tatiana Maria, we talked about it, uh, the Battle of Marias. Uh, Tatiana Maria got the better of Maria Sakri. I'm not surprised. Uh, why did I not bet the money line? Because, of course, I didn't. Uh, the one time I, I didn't, uh, she wins. Uh, I have a rule of thumb. I just don't bet on bad players, straight up. And in my books, Tatiana Maria is a bad player, so I cannot uh, willingly put money on her, no matter who it is or or what the price is or who she's playing, da 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 da, da but I understand that I should have. Okay. Another upset, and 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 really, this this isn't really an upset. Um, Martens was was down and out, and looked like she was gonna lose to Pano with Vardy before the suspension. Uh, I guess two days ago. Not only did she keep her her streak alive by beating Vardy, but she took it one step further, beat Angie Kerber in straights, six four seven five. Angie Kerber is finished. A lot of people were so excited for her to be back uh, on her best surface in Wimbledon after her best clay season ever. Uh, but no. Lost to Alizé Cornet in Bad Omberg, and you know, her, her hometown tournament where she was defending champion. And now lost to Elise Martins in straights. Uh, honestly, Pano Udvardi? made Mer uh, Elise Mertens work harder than Angie Kerber did here today. Marie Buskova, uh, probably the biggest, uh, I, I, I don't want to say surprise, but but I, I'd say she's a she's a dark horse at this point. Uh, came out of nowhere, obviously was was um, was sidelined sidelined for a minute with injury. But now she's back and she's in the fourth round of Wimbledon. Hello. Beat Danielle Collins in the first round from a set down. Beat Anne Lee, the pesky American rat, 6 love, 6 3. Beat Alison Risk, uh, another American, capable player, tough player, good on the surface, 6 2, 6 3.
Marie Buscovo. Mm-hmm. Look, man, Carol Garcia did it again. Now, I know I say I don't bet on bad players. That's like my number one rule. I would never bet on a bad player to win, no matter what the price I, it is I'm getting, no matter who it is she's playing. I, I just don't do it. Like, for me, that's a rule. I, I guess everyone has rules. Um... But but Zhang's is, uh, the Zhang banger Shuai Zhang is officially back to that list. Uh, she's a horrible player. If you list the Caro Garcia, Caro Garcia, you're immediately a horrible player. Bianca Andreescu did that in a final last week from a set and a breakup. I look, man, I'm just saying. Caro Garcia probably the b playing the best tennis of her life, of her career. Definitely of her uh, grass career. Okay, Caro Garcia is through to the fourth round. A lot of people are talking about Caro Garcia. The thing is, Caro Garcia, she's been so clutch. But against her match, uh, against the match against, wow, in the match against Raducanu and the match here today against the Zangbanger, uh, both times she was a setup, both times the second set was a lot, was, was really close and competitive and could have gone either way. Caro Garcia, the type of player where if she's a setup, and she finds herself uh, going to a third set. She does not want to be there. She she's not built for that uh, sort of, like mentally. She she usually she'll fold and fade. Kara Garcia uh, at the moment is a two zero or bust. If she doesn't win in straights, then she's not gonna win. And you know the tiebreak was super close. Uh, had had she lost that second set tiebreak of. Had Rarukanu held that one game in the previous round uh, to get her first lead on the scoreboard all match, the crowd would have erupted and I would have, I would have loved Emma's chances to go on to win the set. And ultimately, the match at that point, all she had to do was, to, like, all she had to do was hold that one game and she would have won the set. And if she had won that one set, she would have won the match. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's just so fine. And lately, it's just all been going Caro Garcia's way. She's been clutch, or maybe lucky, or fortunate, but let's call it clutch. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, and say Caro Garcia has been very clutch to maintain her level, stay strong, not invite her players back in, and to, to get it done and, and finish her opponents in straights. I'll give her credit for that, surely. Now that was all for today. Uh, um... Round 3, day 1, we had 8 matches today. We have the remainder of round 3 tomorrow, 8 more matches. Since we're mid-round, I'm going to cheat a little bit and switch up the segments. Now I'm going to go look at the bottom half of the draw and look at what the draw looks like now and how things stand going into round 4. And then we'll uh, shift back to round 3 and look at tomorrow's slate of matches. Okay, and also uh, potential impl implications, and then we can wrap up, okay? So in the bottom half of the draw, here are our four quarterfinals, starting from all the way in the bottom. So in the bottom quarter of the draw, we have Julie Nemo and Heather Watson. Uh, I mean, I haven't bet, uh, actually faded Heather Watson uh, twice now against Shang Wang, and then now um, against Kaya Yuvan, she beat me both times. Um... But fool, fool me twice only, not a third time. Heather Watson, uh, 
Luke can really not only wi uh, win this match and make the quarterfinal, but it's very possible she makes the semifinal, and I'll tell you how. So just to remind you, in this quarter of the draw, there was Annette Contevate, the number 2 seed, Bihadad Maya, the number 23 seed, probably the second be best grass court player in the world coming into Wimbledon, and Belinda Bencic, the number 14 seed. That was all in this section, so like the lower half of this bottom quarter, okay? So Heather Watson's in the fourth round, she faces Julie Nemo, we love her chances. Okay. If she wins, she gets either Tatiana Maria or Ostapenko, let me talk to you about that match for a second and how potentially Heather Watson can make a semi-final. This is the first time, by the way, she's ever reached the fourth round of a slam, and it looks like she's gonna take that at least one step further and make her first quarterfinal ever after making her first fourth round ever. Look, Tatiana Maria beat uh, Maria Sakri because Maria Sakri is a shit player, but also the way Tatiana Maria plays, man, that shit is frustrating. Slice and dice. She hits the ball with no pace. It's all slice, slicing and dicing. Okay? Driving you crazy, driving you mad, asking you to hit a million balls. Okay, kind of baiting you into going big and, and, and trying to do something crazy. But the thing is, when the ball is coming to you from the other side of the net with no pace, that means uh, most people, they have to generate pace themselves unless they want to really get into a slice and dice fest and, oh, you slice, I'm a slice back, you know what I mean? And that shit can, can get suff suffocating, you can lose your patience, uh, maybe see an opportunity or a window and be like, okay, I'm going to go big here, finish the point right here. That usually leads to a ton of errors. Uh, just because, uh, you know, lack of patience, trying to rush it, trying to finish it. Uh, if, if you don't have success doing that, you can get frustrated. And not only that, but when the ball comes to you with no pace, that means you have to generate pace yourself. And if Ostapenko is asked to do that, we can see the unforced errors pile the fuck up. Now look, if Ostapenko plays a clean game from start to finish and... and tries to play with big margins and really try and control her aggression because obviously she will be aggressive here i don't think ostapenko is going to switch up her game plan against tatiana maria she knows she's miles better she knows she has bags of talent and if she has been playing the way she's been playing especially like the last two sets today against bigo 6161 ostapenko man uh, look this can be uh an ostapenko's uh like easy straight sets win or or this can be very complicated and tatiana maria can can really now pull off an actual proper upset that's a really interesting one now if ostapenko uh wins and heather watson wins in the quarterfinal heather watson uh she probably stands no chance because the way heather watson plays uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not disrespecting her game or downplaying her as a player her game i'm just you know strictly talking about her style and the way she is i mean it's nothing like tatiana maria heather watson is you know a solid baseliner with creativity she can she can move well um and has a sort of kind of versatile game heather watson doesn't really excel in anything but but seems to really be up for it at the moment uh and just in the mood you know what I mean? She She's in the mood, and as we know, in the current state of the WTA, or maybe in the women's tennis in general, that can take you a long way, most of the time, at least. Okay, and with the crowd and everything, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, she's, she's a bit talented, she can play, she can serve. Forehand, backhand is good. 
But Ostapenkov, she gets through Tatiana Maria in a quarterfinal. Heather Watson might might be too much for her. The occasion, the stage, da 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 da. I like Ostapenko's chances there too if uh, she beats Tatiana Maria. No matter who she plays in the quarterfinal, Heather Watson or Julie Nemo, but we're talking about Heather Watson here and her possible path to the semifinal. Now, if Tatiana Maria pulls off an enormous upset against Ostapenko, then the door is wide the fuck open for Heather Watson to beat Tatiana Maria in the quarterfinal, should they both make it there, and then for Heather Watson to go to, to, go to the semifinal. That would be quite the story. And honestly, I'm rooting for it. I mean, if it's not Ostapenko, it, it better be Heather Watson. I mean, I sure as hell do not want to see Tatiana Maria, the oldest mother two, mother of two in the WTA, make a semi-final here in Wimbledon. This will be really bad for the tour. I mean, not really, but I don't want to see that shit. It would look very bad for the tour. And a lot of the trolls on the internet, the misogynists or whatever, they'll they'll have a field day. But wow, this is interesting. Now in the um, in the in the top quarter of the bottom half of the draw, so the third quarter of the draw, where we have Ons Jabor. Ons Jabor so far six one six three six four six love six two six three. And like I said, uh, qualifier Bjorklund, qualifier Kawa, and Diane Perry. Hasn't been tested whatsoever. We've talked up this Uns Jabor Kerber fourth round match and the implications that could ha it could have. It's not even gonna happen. Uns Jabor gets Elise Mertens. I mean, look, Elise Mertens. Like, I don't like I don't rate her, but I I don't I will never say she shit or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I I don't like her. I I don't sort of paint the picture in my head that Elise Mertens is is like that. She's a very solid, uh, uh, intelligent, high IQ tennis player with with phenomenal movement and 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 court coverage and anticipation. Doesn't have big tools or big weapons, uh, but she 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 make does she she can make do without him. Or she, I don't know how to fucking speak, man. She, she, I cannot speak. I cannot speak. I cannot speak. She makes it work without them. Okay, she can excel and experience success uh, without these uh, huge weapons, but she can still hit the ball. Forehand, backhand is decent. Uh, like I said, she's smart, and, and that IQ and, and tremendous court coverage and anticipation makes her a, a very tricky opponent. Sometimes you don't have to hit big or with power. I wish Ostapenko and Savalenka are listening to this. Sometimes it's more about placement or timing. And or timing. At least Mertens Ons Jabor is, is the fourth round match that we will get, um, I guess, not, not tomorrow, obviously. Um, but maybe not Sunday even. Maybe there's a day off. Honestly, I have no idea. But it, it, it will be either Sunday or Monday, uh, this fourth round match. At least Mertens Ons Jabor. Look, I'm not... Uh, prepared to say that Ons Jabor uh, is going to win this easy, but I am expecting it. Okay. Now the other fourth round match in this quarter, where the winner of that will face the winner of Ons Jabor and Elise Mertens, Marie Buskova versus Caroline Garcia. This is a good one. I imagine Carol Garcia is going to be um, a huge favorite in terms of the, the the bookmakers, you know, as far as the odds go. But I think on paper, in all honesty, this is a 
And this is coming from someone who thinks that Caro Garcia is the worst player in the world. Or on tour at least, sorry, on the WTA tour. Marie Buskova has it going since um, dropping the first set of the first round, her first match uh, of the tournament against Daniel Rose Collins. Has gone 6 4, 6 4, 6 love, 6 3, 6 2, 6 3. Has won six sets in a row. Carol Garcia hasn't dropped a set all tournament. Sorry, I lied to you. Also lost the, her first set of the tournament, and uh, but then won six in a row, just like uh, Marie Buscool. Uh By the way, this girl, Carol Garcia, almost lost to wildcard Miyazaki in the first round. Uh, lost the first set. Came back 6-1 uh, in the second. The decider went to a tiebreak. Caro Garcia won 10-4. Caro Garcia is a phenomenal fucking tiebreak player, apparently. I don't know how. She's so clutch. But Marie Buskova is looking good. And... Could be trouble. Uh, look, Caro uh, Garcia, we talk about roulette again. It's red, red, red. It's been red for... Uh, I, I think Caro Garcia, by the way, has now won 8 matches in a row. One bad Omberg, and then here she's she's won three matches. That's that's eight, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, incredible. That's red, 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 red. Don't you just feel like the next one's gonna be black? Fuck, man. Now I'm a, I'm a bit worried because because I I want Caro Garcia to lose, but I, I can't just lie to myself uh, like 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 wishfully think that it happens. You know what I mean? But uh, to, to analyze this, or to sort of break down this game, Marie Buskova, uh, if she can't get to Caro Garcia in terms of, you know, getting on her skin, frustrating her, prolonging the rallies, making points more difficult uh, to win, to finish, then then that could be good. But if she, if she, look, if she can't do that, then I think she's in trouble. I don't think she can match uh, Caro Garcia. Caro Garcia is playing with a lot of confidence, flair, finesse, athleticism, uh, dare I say, explosiveness. Um, and Mar Marie Buskova simply can't uh, match that. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Marie Buskova, um, if, if, if she were to stand a real chance, Caro Garcia has to not be at her best and has to miss a lot or maybe tone it down a little bit but that then that brings us back to the it can't be red every time in roulette right i mean caro garcia can't just keep playing this well right no seriously tell me i'm like right right like i like i need you i need to hear you say it fuck man i'm kind of worried honestly i don't know if you can tell i'm kind of worried And look, in the quarterfinals, she face either Elise Mertens and Ons Jabor, and I mean, Ons Jabor ain't shit. We all know this. I know this. Fuck, man, I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really worried. Kevin Garcia really might make a semifinal. Sheesh. And Heather Watson might make the the, the semifinal too, and and play Caro Garcia. This could get really bad. Caro Garcia really might make this make a final here. We could be in some serious trouble, man. Oof. I mean, if Elise Mertens somehow beats Uns Jabor and then Caro Garcia beats Buskova, plays against Elise Mertens, I mean, I don't really trust Elise Mertens to do God's work here. And then Tatiana Maria beats Ostapenko, Watson beats Big Julie Nemo, and then Watson plays Tatiana Maria, beats Tatiana Maria, Watson's in the semi-final, 
Carol Garcia's in the semifinal. Carol Garcia's in the final? Carol Garcia just won Wimbledon? Can you just stop playing with me, man? Seriously, this is not good. On a, on a Friday night like this, please. Oof. My god, that is... Oh, I'm... I'm look, uh, honestly, I don't say this often. I'm scared. I'm kind of worried. Not because I think it's going to happen, but just the possibility of it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's probable, but it's... Uh, it's not likely, but it's... It's possible. Fuck, man. Now, that is how... Th now th <laughs> that is how things stand in the bottom half of the draw. Uh, the top half of the draw, they play their third round matches, so we will be able to paint a similar sort of picture um, about the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of the way to the final for the top half of the draw uh, once the third round concludes tomorrow. Okay, let's get to it then, shall we? Since we're looking at draws and shit, we're just we're just gonna look and talk about the draw, and then we'll look at lines at the end. Uh, I'm really switching switching it up today as far as the segments go. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're gonna continue looking at the draw and see what these third round uh, matches look like and then what the potential fourth round uh, matches, quarterfinal matches, the, 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 the could look like also. And then at the very end, we will look at the lines and make our picks, okay? So to go to the top of the draw, all the way, I mean, to, to the... the topest... all the way to the top, Iga Świątek, the number one seed. Gets Alize Corneille tomorrow. Now look, man, we talked about this. Iga Świątek is not comfortable on the surface. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe she feels like, oh my god, it's catching up to me. She's played against two no-names and hasn't looked really great. But maybe she needed those two sort of uh, wake-up calls or, or maybe those two, three, four hours that she spent on court to sort of find herself or maybe figure something out. I mean, maybe tomorrow, like, she shows up, she's seeing things differently now, and wipes the floor with Alizé Cornet, and, and here we go again, there's no point in even discussing it, Iga Świątek is gonna win Wimbledon. As you probably would have expected, but I mean, in these five days, uh, no, the, 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 the picture kind of changed, uh, the conversation changed also. But that can fucking snap back to a second, like, Iga Świątek is gonna win Wimbledon, I mean, we all kind of knew it. Right? Mm-hmm. But to talk about Alizé Cornet, her opponent, Alizé Cornet, slowly starting to pick it pick it back up slightly. At the start of the year was incredible. The, her, her, you know, at the Australian Open, the first, let's say, two months of the season, Alizé, Alizé Cornet was great. Uh, beat Muguruza at the Australian Open, beat Simona Halep. Alizé Cornet had it going, made her first ever... Uh, Second week of a slam, her first ever quarterfinal of a slam. But no, look, as I said uh, on, uh, on the previous episode, this is a huge test for Iga Świątek. Alizé Cornet, an experienced player playing well, knows that here there are zero expectations, zero eyes on her. Everyone's just looking at Iga Świątek, talking about Iga Świątek, and uh, all the pressure, all the eyes, the spotlight is on Iga Świątek. And Alizé Cornet in that sort of position can just, just play. Uh, she loves to play tennis. By the way, if you haven't read her book, I, I totally recommend reading her book. Uh, another day, I'll actually talk about it. Uh, I've read her book. It's fantastic. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, but I don't really want to spoil it. If you haven't read it, Alizé Cornet, amazing person. Amazing person. And and uh, in, my, in my eyes, an icon. The only thing about her is that she's French. I mean, but, but I mean, other than that, I think she's fantastic. 
But anyway, really excited for this one. Should be good. Ooh. The winner of that, Iga Świątek, Alize Cornet gets Ayla Tomjanovic, Barbara Krzyzikova. I don't want to spend too much time talking about this. Uh, I am really not liking Krzyzikova at the moment. Very low on her. Always have been. Probably always will be. Um, and look, man. I say this all the time. Ayla Tomjanovic is, is capable of everything. And she's got it going on. And I've seen her get it, get it going before. And I've even said this a million times. Look, man. Ayla Tomjanovic has got it going on. And, and look, man. She could be scary. And then she loses. And, and she underachieves. But is it really even underachieving if, like, she sucks? But, like, is it really underachieving, like, if you could do better, but you never do? So, like, is this who you really are? Uh, you know, it's... And th that's why we broke up. That's why me and Ayla Tomjanovic broke up. It's just a lot of question marks. Uncertainty. Uh, heartbreak. Disappointment. It's not good. It's not healthy. Uh, we, you can call it toxic. But I'm going to bet Ayla Tomjanovic and her sexy ass. And I I do have high expectations for her still. And this should be good. If Ayla Tomjanovic can win, this, this should be good. I mean, it's the end of the road for her. You just feel like she's going to lose in the fourth round. Even if it isn't Iga. Even if it's Alize Cornet. I mean, I just wish. If Ayla Tomjanovic is the one to beat Iga. Oh my god. Oh my god. But has to get back to guest uh, get past sorry uh, Krzykova first, who coming into Wimbledon was 0-2 on the season, but has now matched her two losses with two wins, uh, as obviously she's in the third round. Krzykova, uh, not a bad grass court player, honestly, uh, but she beat uh, Zanevska, which sort of kind of impressive to do it in straights, uh, all things considered, and Vicky Gulubic in straights. Uh, that for me means nothing. Okay. And Ayla Tomjanovic, uh, Julie Teichman, first round 6 2 6 3, but we know what Julie is like these days. And Kathy Harrison, the qualifier 6 2 6 2, so like. Yeah. That's a good one. In the next quarter, we have Shinwen Shang, Eleanor Rabakina, the winner will play Petra Martic, Jesse Pagula. This uh, is going to be very good. Shinwen Shang, Eleanor Bakuna tomorrow is going to be really good. And the winner gets Jesse Pagula. That's going to be very good. And the winner of that will potentially get Ego. Uh, things are going to be getting pretty good here. Mm -hmm. In the other quarter, Bedosa Kvitova. Winner faces Freck Halep. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Kvitova, this is a true test for Kvitova. Gets Bedosa and then gets Halep. Coco Goff and Isimovo. Yuck. But looks like Coco Goff in the fourth round will face either Harmony Tan or Katie Bolter. That's a really good one, honestly. That's a, that's two players playing really well. Two sort of dark horses trying to make some noise, but unfortunately their path is is a tricky one. Harmony Tan and Katie Bolter, let's say whoever wins, will most likely get Coco Goff or Anisimova. Ne neither one is, is an easy one. 
Oh, and then after that, they'll get either Bedosa, Kvitova, or Halep, which is not an easy one. And then after that, we'll get like Iga Svjantsek or something, which is not an easy one. Oh. So they've got ways to go. Uh, obviously, this path is the same for Coco Gauff uh, and Anisimova, the winner of that. Let's say Coco Gauff. I mean, look, man, Harmony Tanner, Katie Bolter, th that could be tricky. Whoever wins that, that, that could be tricky, honestly. Especially because Coco Gauff and Anisimova ain't shit. And they've just been fucking on a bunch of no-names, that's why. Uh, but Harmony Tan, Katie Bolter, whoever makes the fourth round to face Coco Golf or Anisimova, uh, they deserve it, and they're worthy uh, of that feat, I guess. Of that accomplishment, making it this far. And and I'm sure they'll have aspirations to go further, considering that uh, they're going to be playing a shit player, Coco Golf or Anisimova. Okay. Uh, for Kvitova... Looks like the quarterfinal is going to be really easy because it's either Goff, Anisimova, Harmony Tan, or Katie Bolter. All the hard work needs to be done here. She gets Bedosa and Halep. And then Halep in the fourth round. That's a lot tougher than her potential quarterfinal, right? And the semifinal, she gets Iga, but then, you know, is it really going to be Iga? Who knows? That is what that looks like. Let's look at them lines and, and wrap up here, okay? So, first up tomorrow, Ala Tomjanovic versus Barbora Krzykova. I think this is a very reasonable line. Ala Tomjanovic is a slight underdog, plus 110. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it, I'm hopeful, I'm, I'm back again. We're, we're Look, we're not together, but I'm hopeful and I wish her the best. And, and I think, really, she can do this. She can really, really do this. Krzykova does not have the rhythm or the confidence or, or the match sharpness. Uh, to be tested like this, and hopefully Ayla Tomjanovic can take advantage. She's been playing a lot, she's been playing well, not that she's exhausted or anything, she hasn't been making it far anywhere, but, but she'll feel like she is the player in better form, the sharper player, and honestly, she's just as good, if not better, than her opponent. So, so you know, this... And there's a plus next to her name, like, like this is the right thing to do, all she has to do is win. So simple, right? It's so simple. Harmony Tan and Katie Bolter. Now look, I'm obviously the bet here was always going to be Katie Bolter, but when you look at the lines, you just can't do it. I'm not suggesting a bet on Harmony Tan here. I'm just saying, like in your head, before coming online and looking at the lines, you, uh, you know, any reasonable person would say, like, yeah, Katie Bolter uh, is probably what I'd bet there. I mean, she's probably going to win. But then you look at the lines and they're pricing her at minus two forty and minus uh, three and a half four games. Uh, that's a lot, no. I mean, you get the small, like, 5% tax on her odds because she's hot. Uh, you get, like, maybe 6 or 7% because she's English, playing in England. Uh, you get maybe, like, 4 to 5 more uh, percent tax on her price because she beat Plushkova from a set down. You know, so, like, there is no value betting this, but, I mean, if it wins, it wins, right? doesn't matter the price, and I think she will win. I would, uh explore her money line in a parlay but don't love the value but really that's the only way to bet this now obviously another option is to better in straights if you want a more affordable bet but the thing is since her money line is so inflated like her straight sets win like it's minus 110 like it really in reality should be more like plus 140 or 150 or something like that Considering that her money line should also be like a minus 160, minus 175-ish. 
and and those sort of money lines uh the the two zero is usually priced at like plus 130 135 140 something like that right but i think that could be a good one harmony 10 though i mean she only beats serena and suribas tormo and like if we're being totally honest like that's not that crazy you know what i mean but katie bolter 2-0 and even money could be good but but by 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 no means although there is value on harmony 10 uh, by no means am I suggesting any kind of bet on Harmony 10 or the total. Okay. Eleanor Bakuna versus Shinwen Sheng. Really good match. The, uh, really tough match to bet though. Uh, not because of the match or the matchup itself, but because of the lines. I think the lines are really ugly and kind of sharp. They're not very bettable unless you stick uh, Eleanor Bakuna's uh, money line somewhere. The 2-0 for me is scary, and so is the minus 3.5 spread. Uh, the 2-0 is 100% a no-go. Minus 3.5 uh, games for Rabakina, uh for even money, I can, I could consider it. But probably the money line somewhere, uh, stick it somewhere nice, should be good. Could be good. Look, man, uh, I know this is a highly anticipated match for a lot of people, for most. Uh, but for me, this is a big fat pass. Whatever you decide to to bet here, uh, best of luck to you. Coco Goff, Anisimova, I'm not interested. It's a very big no thank you from me. Uh, I'm not going to watch the match. <laughs> I do not hate myself that much uh, to watch this match. But if you decide to watch the match, bet the match, whatever, I, I, I pray for you. I mean, I hope you feel better. And uh, just enjoy it and good luck. Okay. Uh, Magdalena Frech versus Simona Halep. Now I'm gonna do a crazy one here and bet. Um, do you dare bet Magdalena Frech plus six and a half or over under eighteen and a half here with me? Look, th this is either uh, you bet the over Fre uh, Magdalena spread, set spread or game spread, like to win a set or plus six and a half games. Or maybe something on money line, or the over, or you pass. Do not, you cannot bet Simona Halep uh, with these lines. And that under is really, really scary, I think. And that's so low. Magdalena Frech, look, if this was a first round match, I'd bet under 16 and a half. But once you know that Magdalena Frech has got it going, and what a rhythm player she is, and that she's playing well and not tanking, and she's up for it, and she put aside her, her losing addiction for this tournament, uh, you gotta respect her a little bit. I, I think that's not being factored into it at, at all. She's, uh, if this, uh, again, if this was a first round match and we don't know what it is uh, we can expect from Magdalena Frey, then we can just assume that she's she she loves to lose and she's gonna tank and she's gonna suck. And it's okay, this line makes sense. Under 18 and a half, it's fair. But to see Magdalena Frey win some matches, advance, make it to the third round as a huge underdog, like, uh, you can expect a little sum sum, so I think this line is funny, and um, I think you should definitely take advantage on that for sure, for sure, for sure. Magdalena Frech, six and a half games. Look, man, that's a lot of fucking games. And eighteen and a half, that's really low. And do we dare take it one step further and bet Magdalena Frech to win a set for plus two forty? And do we dare take? Oh, do we dare even take it one step further than that? And bet her to win at plus 775? That's a crazy one, right? 
That should be a really good match, though. That that should be a really good match. I think it's a sneaky good match. Magdalena Frech, if she's playing well, I mean, her potential, her ceiling is really high. Should be good. Here we go. Paula Bedosa versus Petra Kvitova. I don't even have to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Petra Kvitova uh, should be number one on every reasonable person's list if they're trying to make grass court power rankings, if they're talking about uh, contenders, favorites to win it. It should be, uh, Petra Kvitova should be number one on that list, and it's it's not even up for discussion, in my opinion. Uh, the uh, people talking crazy like Ons Jabor, uh, Caro Garcia, they, c they can sit down. Okay, Petra Kvitova is only minus 145. I don't really have to say anything against Paula Bedosa. I don't have to say anything. Alize Cornet, plus 5.5, plus 400 against Iga Sviantek. I like that. I like all of that. Alize Cornet games. Uh, it's scary because, look, she can win a set and then Iga can go bagel bagel or breadstick bagel or breadstick or bagel breadstick or breadstick breadstick or breadstick bagel or bagel breadstick. Right? I definitely said some of those combinations more than once, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So her spread, a little bit scary. Over 19 and a half, though, I think that's a good one. And, uh, you know, to keep it simple, Alize Cornet to win a set, money line. I, I think these these are all clear. Um, betting Iga Sviantek here could honestly be really sharp, minus five and a half. It's not that crazy uh, for as, as far as Iga spreads go. And this could be the match where she sort of flips the script and said, oh, you guys really thought I was going to suck. So I tread lightly. A lot of people now are probably saying, oh my god, Iga sucks, Iga sucks, fade Iga, fade Iga, da 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 da, she's overvalued, da da da, and then all that, and then the next match, Iga's fucking back. Okay, so just, just be careful, okay? You know, a lot of people watching the, her match, her second round match against LPK, uh, Leslie Patinama Kirkov, they'll be like, oh my god, who, oh my god, I don't care who Iga plays next, I'm gonna fade Iga, da 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 da. And that's reasonable. Uh, these are reasonable conclusions uh, to reach during the match, but be careful. Okay? Lastly, Petra Martic versus Jesse Pagula. Uh, look, man, this can potentially be really tricky for Jesse Pagula. I mean, it could be. Petra Martic can cause her trouble, can give her a headache. Uh, Petra Martic is honestly really solid uh, and doesn't back down and does, doesn't really give you anything. Okay, like, so, um, that's not saying you have to be at your best, you have to be perfect, but you have to, you have to go out there and get it. Okay, and you'll probably be able to, Jesse Pagula, but no gifts from Petro. Uh, this is a really interesting one. Pagula in straight sets is a really scary one, and so is her spread. And her money line has no value, but if, if you do something like Pagula Bolter, it's minus 104. And I think that could be good. Pagula Bolter together. Um, two money lines that honestly on their own has no value, but both of them to win together is minus 104. That could be good, I think. Mm -hmm. Just to recap really quickly, tomorrow. Tomjanovic money line, uh, plus 110 over Krejikova. Bolter and Straits, maybe, could be, possibly, and her money line with Pagula. Rebakina minus three and a half, maybe, and maybe her money line also there or straight if you kind of hate yourself 
or something like that, or maybe with Kvitsovo. I think that could be a a, a fun uh, plus money money line parlay for sure. Rabakin and Kvitsovo both to win is plus one sixty, and that's sexy, I think. Uh, Goff and Isimova is a pass for me. Magdalena Frick, Simona. I think Frick plus six and a half is good. Over eighteen and a half is good. Frick. Basically, uh, as long as you're backing uh, Magdalena one way or another, or fading Simona one way or another, should be good. Uh, Kvitsova minus 145 against Paula Bedosa. Nothing needs to be said. Uh, Alize Cornet uh, to maybe keep it close against Igor, perhaps take a set, but I would be very careful. Very, very careful. Uh, Jesse Pagula, nothing uh, straight as far as... Um, you know, her, her spread or 2-0 or total or nothing, but uh, her money line with Bolter, yeah, looks good. Now that is all for today. Uh, back to the earlier schedule, and this is actually, I guess, a lot earlier uh, to upload during this time. Uh, I thought I, I would do that. Uh, I, I thought I owed it to you guys. Uh, in a, not as busy today, sort of in a, in a, in a decent-ish mood. So I thought I'd come online and do this uh, to sort of make use of my good mood and, and, and surprise you guys, I guess, because you guys deserve it. You guys are the best. This has been The Safe Space, by the way. Thank you so much for listening. As always, best of luck to us, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.